0: Hello and welcome to Football Digest Extra. I'm Oliver Harbaugh, Chelsea correspondent at football.london and I'm joined today by The Daily Express's Tony Banks to look back at the weekend's big fixture. Uh, It was billed as the weekend's big big fixture between Chelsea and Spurs but it ended up being a a stalemate between the two, nil-nil draw. Um, Tony, we were both at Stamford Bridge on Sunday and we were chatting before the game and I think we were both Pretty excited about what was to come. You know, the both teams were playing pretty decent football, going into it good form, top of the table clash, a lot to play for, and it ended up being slightly a, a damp squib. What were your uh, What were your thoughts after after what we saw at uh, Stamford Bridge?
1: Well, I thought it was two teams which basically cancelled each other out. Um, I think Tottenham came with a specific intent, as you would expect with Mourinho um, and the type of team he's constructing at Tottenham. That was going to contain and then try and hit chelsea on the break um chelsea were also i think pretty intent on not losing and because of the way the game went i don't think any of chelsea's forwards had a particularly good game they weren't given a lot of the ball they didn't have a lot of space but there wasn't a lot of a until right near the end there wasn't a heck of a lot of penetration from chelsea nor was there much action from the tottenham attackers like Son and Kane. So, essentially, the two teams cancelled each other out.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that counter-attacking uh, football that Spurs were looking to play. Obviously, it worked so well against City, and but they were so clinical against City, Spurs, in that time when they did get on the counter and their passing was crisp and they, you know, they really were effective, but they just weren't that against Chelsea. I thought, on a Chelsea point of view, that sort of side of the game has actually showed maybe how much they've grown yeah. in the last year because mm-hmm. last season, they would have been completely destroyed by that kind of a game attack, you know, mm. getting all the ball and and wouldn't have wouldn't have dealt with it well with, with the attacking side of it. So I did think that that's how they came about. Now it was interesting, wasn't it, Mourinho's comments after the game where he was talking about his team were disappointed with a point. Mm. Um I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. what, were you, what were your thoughts on those comments? Well I mean
1: that's classic Mourinho, isn't it? He'll throw right. something like out that like that out there. But he went he and Tottenham went into that into that game with a specific intent of, of playing in a certain way, which was pretty, as as Lampard described it, and as he has described it in his, in the past, with a low block, i.e. stop the other team and then try and hit them on the break. Now, he knew that. He knows that's exactly what Tottenham... By the way, until the Celso had a shot right near the end, Tottenham didn't actually have an attempt on the Chelsea goal in the entire second half. I made a note of it. They had some dangerous moments in the first half, but in the second half, they barely attacked, really. So it's typical Mourinho, isn't it? Throw that one out there, try and deflect a little bit, try and, um, you know, put the pressure on the opposing manager. Um, it's it's kind of what you would expect him to say. But listen, I mean, if anybody was accusing another person of parking the bus, you could you could say Lampard could fairly have accused him of it, couldn't you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean... This was the thing, wasn't it? I mean, the second half, we were kind of where the press box is there, Chelsea at the moment with the, with the COVID situation. We were looking right down the line of of the Spurs. Mm. And at times, they were playing with six at the back. Hoyberg yeah. and Sissoko were basically playing as two extra centre-backs. And mm. it's very difficult. I have to say, that was kind of why Lampard said he wasn't surprised by what uh, Mourinho did. And it kind of then surprised me. Well, wasn't that a perfect game for Olivier Giroud, who just come off the back of a game-winning mm. goal against uh, Rennes? And, mm. you know, we knew that it was going to be about crosses. Rhys James is one of the best crossers that Chelsea have. He's turning into one of the best crosses in the Premier League. And he put in two or three balls in that second half for Tammy Abraham that, you know, they weren't simple chances, but they were chances that if Giroud was in there, you'd think, mm. you know, Giroud against Joe Roden, for example, a new guy, mm. would have absolutely bullied him. I have to think that maybe that was a chance there. I mean, do you think do you think they got the tactics right, Lampard, at all in that in the game? I mean... It looks like 4-3-3 is the way he's going to go. But do you think the tactics and the team selection was right? I think the tactics
1: were OK, but the team selection was probably not quite on, on spot because I didn't think any of the... Uh, I mean, you can point a finger to Abraham. Where we were sitting, you're right, we saw those two excellent James crosses and he got ahead to both of them but didn't do anything with them, just glanced at them, you know, just basically missed the moment. And you're right, a player like Giroud more powerful in the air. I don't think Abraham's a particularly good player in the air, but, you know, as a, as a side issue, I think he's much, much better on the ground as a centre-forward. He's good at holding the ball up. He's not particularly powerful in the air, whereas Giroud is. On the other hand, you get mobility with uh, Abraham, which you're not going to get with Giroud. But I don't want to pinpoint just Abraham here because I didn't think Werner had a particularly good game, nor Zayic of that front three I thought they were a bit, little bit below par I don't know I was thinking about that with Werner after the game I'm wondering whether he's just a bit tired I'm I'm thinking that maybe in fact in tomorrow's game I wouldn't be at all surprised if Lampard didn't play him you know just because yeah. they don't need to give him a bit of a rest he's played he's I think he's played every game um, yeah. um, since since he's arrived
0: I think the only game he hasn't started is the game, the first uh, Carabao Cup game. Obviously, he started the second one where they lost the Spurs. Uh, Yeah, I completely Mm. agree. I actually was very surprised that he started against Ren. I I Mm. was stunned. You know, he played a lot in the international break. As you say, he's played basically every game for Chelsea in in the club game so far. So, I was very surprised that he started that game. And you would have thought, actually, it would be a game that he would not start. And then you'd want him to start against Seville. Because, obviously, this is such a big game against Sevilla. Where, where it's talking about top of the table in the group stage, um, yeah. Very surprised that he he started that game, for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, it is a big game against Seville, Although the you know they want they want to top the group, but I can see Lampard making changes for this game because I think his name his team needs freshening up. For instance, I would I would not be at all surprised if Pulisic didn't start this game. Yeah. Um, you see, Zayech didn't a particularly good game, did he? The other night either. I mean, he was a bit ineffective. I mean, he's had some good games, but he's been a bit in and out. And I thought, um, I don't know, none of the three of them were particularly effective. So I would expect changes against Sevilla in attack. Um, You could, yeah, you could see Giroud starting. You could see Pulisic coming in. Um, Havertz, remember, came on the other night. So he's now fit and ready to play. I would expect and I would think Lampard will be right to rotate his squad with the with the demands that are coming up these games yeah all right it's important but they are through it's important yeah. to top the group but they are through so i would expect changes but uh, again i don't want to point the finger just at abraham there because as i say all three of them were a bit below par i thought
0: Absolutely, yeah. I think the key for me with Ziyech was the amount of overhit passes and crosses. He, mm. I mean, so yeah. po- I and mean, That's what you expect from him. He's never going to be a player that's going to go around and beat players. He's not a Callum hudson doyd type, or he's not a Werner type. He's not got the pace to beat defenders mm. generally. What he does mm. is putting fantastic crosses, and you know those passes mm. in between the lines that we've seen him do. Um, mm. And he just he overhit so many passes, yeah. and that's kind of where I thought that Lampard left it a bit late mm. in, his, in his in his substitutions. He didn't give mm-hmm. those subs like a Pulisic or Havertz mm-hmm. the time to really get on and do their stuff because we knew what Spurs <laughs> were going to do.
1: But but equally so, solely... Ali. In, in a game like that you, you don't want to rush into your changes because it was so evenly balanced and I, I could understand why Lampard left it a little bit late because it was so tight you disrupt your team they weren't great in attack but you never knew with people like Mount coming through from midfield who nearly won it if you remember um, with that shot late on I, I could sort of understand it and if you are going to Change You go like for like, so you don't disrupt the system. You go, you put Pulisic on for Zajic, for instance, and or Pulisic on for Werner on the same flank sort of thing. I could see that, you know, because it was so tight. It was so evenly balanced, that game. Yeah. You know, it's a difficult thing choosing the right time to, to make your subs, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, just talking about Spurs then and and their performance. Mm. Obviously, it was a big a big day for Joe Rodon, a guy who yeah. you know come from Swansea and his first Premier League game, and he's thrown into into the deep end as Mourinho mm. likes to do. He did it with Tanganga, didn't he last year? Yeah, he, he did. Um, yeah. So, Rodon, what did you think of him? Obviously, he almost gave away. Uh, you know, mm. a big big right at the game. end. Yeah, right at the end, almost lost yeah. him for him, Really, what did you think yeah. of his performance in general, though?
1: um looked a bit nervous to me on the ball gave the ball away a couple of times looked quite good sort of in this defensive role in terms of heading um you know winning the ball in the air and his and his positional play mostly was okay but understandably once he had the ball at his feet which he didn't have that often I thought he was a little bit shaky on that front and obviously right near the end it was nearly catastrophic wasn't it but he got away with it um but okay you know he, I mean it wasn't he didn't stand out. He wasn't a star. It wasn't a stellar performance, but he did okay and it's gonna stand him in good stead. And um it's typical Marino, as you say, throwing him into a huge game like that early on in his career. See what he's made of, it looks like he's made of the right stuff. But yeah um a one bit more experience to- obviously is needed.
0: Absolutely. I think one of the things I was quite impressed by him actually, especially in the first half, I could I could hear him really we really clearly. Oh you know, yeah. He wasn't Mm -hmm. the guy that went into his shell. I think that's obviously when you're a Mm -hmm. centre back and you're a youngster. And you're coming in, mm. and you might be, you know, you've got the guys of Serge Aurier, you've got, you know, Eric Gaia next to you, you've got Lloris behind you. Maybe you think that he might go into his shell a little bit. I was actually quite impressed yeah. by how vocal he was at one point. Mm. He, was just, he was just screaming mm. at Aurier to get into the position that he wanted him to be in, which, you know, and he's going to make mistakes, isn't he? I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, Kurt yeah. Zuma, for example, almost, I thought had a very good game, but then almost gave, yeah. you know, gave that mm. chance to Lacelso. So it's quite interesting. Mm. So um, just looking at the two clubs where they're at now. um, Mourinho's pony comment. You know, we're not we're not a horse in the title race. We're we're a mere pony. Again, mm-hmm. I think we we both know that's just that's just tactics. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, you, you look at that bench that they had. Gareth Bale didn't come on. Vinicius as well has made a pretty decent start when he's got his chances. Do you mm-hmm. think Spurs have got a squad to to push on? Do you think you saw enough from them or have seen enough from them at the beginning of the season to to push on and actually mm-hmm. really make a title change? I do,
1: but then the, the only thing I'd say is if they get injuries to the front too, um, that would worry me, whereas I think Chelsea have got slightly more depth in that area. Um, if Kane and, um, uh, and Son are injured or are having an off day, which they did the other night, they look a little bit blunt, don't they? And Bale, we're not sure, you know, in terms of how effective, how how much he still has, really. And Vinicius, yes, he's done well when he comes in, but he's strictly a number three striker. That will be, I think, in midfield and defence, I've got no real worries about them. Um, and, obviously, in goal, Loris is fine. In midfield, they're much stronger, they're better. I think um, Hoiberg's been a great signing. I think, you know, he's really solidified them. We can see what Ndombele seems to have rediscovered himself as well. Um, they've got a lot of power, a lot of strength, and a... reasonable amount of creativity from midfield certainly got pace and power um but my worry is if one of the the main front two got injured that they would really struggle you know and i i don't know that um that that would be my only doubt long term long-term, perhaps even short-term, obviously, if one of them is injured. I don't think they've got the depth, Whereas Chelsea clearly have, mm. providing, however, they don't let Giroud go in yeah. January. Because yeah. I think I think if they did, um, and he might well force the issue, obviously, mm. uh, that would be a problem for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think just looking at Chelsea and their time, I think we both knew from last season what they lacked was... Well, at both ends of the pitch at times, you know, they weren't clinical enough at times. But then defensively, yeah. they were—they could be a horror show. And to see mm. what the transformation we've seen right now. I mean, I have to admit, when Thiago Silva came in, I did think, you know, OK, free transfer. But he is 36. Mm. And we all yeah. know he's been a great defender in his time for mm. AC Milan, for PSG. We know this. But can he mm. come in and, and really do a job? And then obviously he had that mistake at West Brom and you're kind of going, oh, God, you know, what, mm. what's happened here? but he's just yeah. been sensational i mean the guy exudes mm. calmness and confidence mm. in his game and you're looking at him and he and he gets the ball and he just he just looks like he's got all the time in the world even when harry kane mm. was bearing down on him or son was mm. bearing down on him um and then obviously mendy as well in goal i mean he's now he's equaled he petr Cech's record when he first started at at chelsea i saw this yesterday check started with 11 games uh, eight yeah. eight clean sheets and three goals eight, conceded eight. mendy's on that mm. exact same level so it seems to have that defensive out. So I think they've got a real chance this season. Do you do you yeah. see them as a, as a guy as a team that has a a real chance to go on and, and a well challenge, but maybe even win it as well?
1: Yeah, I do. And I think and and as I said a, a few minutes ago. That, possibly a better chance than Tottenham because of the sheer depth. I mean, they bought a lot of players and that's given them depth in that forward area in particular. But I'll tell you what another key is, I think, and we, you and I know this from watching them for a long time is putting Kante in his best position, putting Kante at the bottom of the, of the midfield in front of the, in front of the two, Silver and, and uh, Zuma in this case, that's crucial. I mean, Jorginho is a great player, but he is not as defensively sound as as Kante. And it looks to me like Malampard has now made that decision. And, you know, he Kante is the man who's going to be his, his anchor man in midfield. It also looks to me, actually, as though, and it, it's fairly clear really, as James is his first choice right back now, isn't he? You know? And I think that gives Chelsea a solidity and a mobility, but particular solidity, because with Kante in front of you, I think. That's going to improve any centre back partnership, isn't it? You know, yeah. and I agree with you about Silver. He's immense, isn't he? He's just yeah. got. He's so calm. He's so cool. Um, and you know, according according to what we hear, they're they're even thinking of trying to give him another deal um, to 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 add on to the one year. Um, but there, there's several elements to the solidity, the newfound solidity, um, which I think are are, are factors really.
0: Yeah, I think that you speak to a lot of ex-pros, and that a lot of them they say defenses win your titles, don't they? And I think that's where yeah. uh, you know, and you can pick mm. up one-nil wins here and there, or you can go and beat mm. the teams that you're supposed to. That Chelsea didn't manage to do last year. I, so I,
1: I do think, though, Ollie, that that there's still a there's still one or two questions about Chelsea defensively. I mean, you know, the West Brom game, um, the Wren game when. You know, they lost a man at the corner. They still don't 100% convince defensively. I still think, for instance, I, th- I still think Reese James switches off occasionally, defensively. I think he gets caught occasionally. Zuma, mm. I think, has come on. I think he's a mm. good player. I think, you know, I don't know what you think, That if you're picking the two that are going to be your centre-backs, you're probably picking Zuma and Silver now, ahead of Rudiger and Silver and ahead of Christensen and Silver. Mm, absolutely. Silver's yes. You know, you're probably going to go that way because Zoom is now better on the ball than he once was. He was, you you, you know, you know how he was very tentative and yeah. sort of over elaborate. I mean, a six yard pass was like a real, real task, wasn't yeah. it, for him? Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: I mean, the, he, one, he, the one thing I would say about him still is he still has that mistake in him. We saw it at the end of yeah, the first yeah. game, he still will yeah. have that mistake mm. that, you know, will mm. get him into trouble. We saw it against, um, South, uh, Southampton, I think, because he played that pass back to Kepper when it was yeah. completely way too short. And, you know, Kepper mm. came in for a lot of stick for it, but Zuma was mm. a massive mistake yeah. for it. He still yeah, does yeah, have yeah. that, but I completely agree. I think, you know, Rudiger, yeah. Christensen and Tamori <clears throat> are really going to struggle to get into the side now, especially yeah. on a regular basis because those two are mm. looking so... So secure. So just to move move it forward, looking ahead now. Obviously, this weekend we're going to get fans back, which is going to be mm. great for all in in London. Mm. You know, unfortunately, mm. not across the whole country, which is a real shame. But for Chelsea versus yeah. Leeds, we expect a couple mm. of thousand. Uh, North London derby as well. We expect a couple of thousand in those the stands for that as well, which is which is great to see. We all want to see mm. fans back. Um, so looking ahead, looking at look, we'll start with Spurs. Then that North London derby game. Uh, after the game at Lask, and they've got Antwerp in the Europa League they've got another big game against Crystal Palace and then Liverpool and Leicester so they've got a tough mm. run of fixtures coming up haven't they yeah. I and mean, a real tester I mean you wouldn't mm. expect Mourinho to play the same style against Arsenal would you? You'd expect, expect him to maybe slightly be more expansive do you think? I would Arsenal?
1: yeah I would, I, I would expect expecting to be slightly more expensive um, uh, because Arsenal are in a pretty parlous state at the moment. He might think he can. Uh, I know, a, a, you know, a, a North London derby throws form out the window, doesn't it? You know, it's it's yeah. a special kind of game. So, but yeah, I would expect him to go for Arsenal. You know, I, mm. I, and and I, I do think that. Um, you know, I think Tottenham should win that game. Um, I, 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 I do think that. Um, but they're not really an attacking team. (laughs) You know, I think, I don't think he's going to change it radically. I think there'll be more emphasis on going for it, but they ain't going to really change the, the 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 methodology here. You know, they will be tight, They'll be strong. They'll be determined. They'll they'll lock up the centre of the game, and then they will try and hit a very very vulnerable Arsenal team on the break. I think probably I would expect the Celso to play, you know, um, to give them a little bit little bit more inventiveness and pace. Um, but I, you know, yeah, I think I think they'll go for it in, in to, against Arsenal. I expect them to win.
0: And before we get on to, to, to Chelsea's uh, mm. sort of Chelsea's things, I've just got one question there from Ahmet, who's yeah. asking, will Werner, will Werner play up front or still on the left? Now, it seems that Lampard really has got this idea of Abraham now playing at top. And I think Abraham, over his performances, has deserved to start. I do think yeah. he's, he's really impressed. You know, we could talk about the Spurs game, he didn't have his best game, but he has, from then, he has kind of really improved. So it does mean mm. that Werner will be pushed out on the left. Mm. Do you think, though, it's kind of only a matter of time until... Lampard moves Abraham back aside, and Werner goes up top. And Pulisic, when now he's you know back fitness comes back on that left. Do you do you see that? I mean, I, I think Pulisic has to play. I think I mean we yeah, saw yeah. last season, the end of last season when he's fully fit, he has mm. to play. So yeah, I think that's, that's the only way. But as you say, Werner needs a bit of a rest. But I mean, what what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, well, that's short term, isn't it? Because I think if Werner yeah. needs a bit of a rest, it's only going to be for a game or two, possibly one game. He just needs to freshen himself up, and he may not even need that. He must maybe just be going through a dip. You know, it's yeah. it's uh, that happens, doesn't it, when you go to a new club? And he's got off to a pretty decent start. Um, I think you're probably right, long term, um, because I think you're right. Pulisic is 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 a match winner, mm. um, and I think. The way it works at the moment, with Pulisic having been injured, what, four or five weeks now, something like that, he's been injured. Um, and Abraham deserves a run in the team. You know, he deserves to be given his chance as a run in the team. But yeah, I think long-term, you're looking at, you're, looking, you're going to see Werner playing through the middle, Pulisic off off on, off on the left, Havertz or Zayic somewhere floating around on, just behind them or on the right. I think that's the long-term plan. Um, and I think think you're gonna see Abraham having to battle to get in there Mm -hmm. on the other hand if he now starts having a great run and knocks in the goals um you know it I mean Zayic is also he needs to pick up his form he needs to he needs to start you know scoring some goals and and you know making an impact on games he's he's a bit sporadic at the moment for me Zayic um So he could be the one that that struggles. But, yeah, I think long-term, we're probably going to see Werner playing through the middle.
0: Cool. And we'll finish up just quickly on on Chelsea's upcoming fixtures, obviously Sevilla tomorrow night. And then it's, Mm. uh, it's... Bielsa versus Lampard once again. Uh, Spygate revisited on Saturday, uh, which we're all kind of looking forward to, to seeing how they match up in the Premier League. Mm. I mean, Leeds Leeds are impressing a lot of people and, mm. and the way they, their style of play and, and what is bringing to to the league. Um, Lampard's going to be careful about to be careful about that surely, but he will see an opportunity to exploit Leeds surely with with the quality that they do have if they've got the ability to, to really get at Leeds defensively, you must think that they've got a, a good chance to, to get at this Leeds side. But then at the other flip side, we know how dangerous Leeds can be. So it's going to be actually probably a bigger test yeah. for Chelsea's defence than maybe it was against yeah. Leeds. Yeah,
1: I, I think I, I'm not... <laughs> I would think that's going to be quite a test, actually, because I I... What I've seen of Leeds, I've seen them about three or four times, and they are a they are a very dangerous team. Um, and what would worry me about them is is the pace that they have in 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 forward areas, and the way and and the and the amount of people they push forward. You know, they push five, four, five players forward, and and Chelsea can have to watch that. And again, we come back to the Kante thing. He's going to be so important in a game like that, shielding that defence, which, as we've discussed does have the uh, odd rick in them, does have the odd switch-off moment in them. You've got to be very careful against a team like Leeds. I mean, you're right, in as much at the other end of the field, I can see Chelsea giving that Leeds defence a lot of problems, you know, because I think there's weaknesses in the um, in the Leeds defence and, and Chelsea have got the capability, particularly, again, if Pulisic is fit and he plays as well and, and Verner's given a rest, so he comes back refreshed. Uh, you've got Havertz now fit again. You'd expect them to cause Leeds a lot of problems defensively, but I'd watch it at the other end. I'd be careful.
0: <laughs> right. Thanks very much, Tony. Uh, thanks for joining no us on the uh, Football Digest Extra. And uh, thanks to everyone for joining in and listening to it as well. And uh, we will have more for you very soon. Where we'll be discussing, no doubt, the latest Chelsea and Spurs and, and all the clubs around the country and uh, how they're getting on in the Premier League. So thanks very much. And uh, we will see you very, very soon.